This episode of the Golf Gaming Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game palais to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. You bet 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W Y N N B E T. State restrictions do apply. And we're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. Match Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience. It's awesome, baby. All right. Welcome back, DGENs. It's the API betting show with your boy, Boston Capper, with the dog golf himself, Steve Shermer, and very special recurring guest, member of the family at this point, Joe Idoni. Joe, what's up, baby? How are you? What up, dudes? I've been fired up to uh, talk to you guys today. Had Steve on a little bit a while ago on my show. You've been on, of course, Capper. Um, so, man, let, let's get into it, dude. I'm fired up. We got another elevated event. We can't get enough of them at this point. It was a nice, for me, it was honestly a nice little breather to not have to, like, I'm a sicko that kind of enjoyed not watching, like, Rom and Scotty and Rory yeah. battle it out for one week. But but I'm ready to get back to some some big dogs here this week. Yeah, it's it's nice to put not have. Uh, I mean, we'll go over our card, but it's not to. It was nice not to have a lot of like squeamish picks on our card. Like, all right, I've seen you do like decent at this like lower level event before, and I think you can handle all the water here and doing crazy cross comps with European tour courses. Yeah, that that went very poorly for me. Glad I could not do that again this week. So, uh, but we were just talking before the show. We were just talking before the show about how. Um, you know, with the TV ratings with the Honda, like that, that was pretty great. The fact that it got through you know, over 3 million viewers, uh, you were saying it was one of the most, uh, attended, uh, events, you know, in uh, the area there for a while. And, you know, Jack spilled the beans as far as, you know, we're going to maybe get an elevated event there, uh, next year. So, um, you know, what's your vibe about with the Honda classic, obviously you're, uh, you know, the hometown guy, what's your, uh, What's your vibe level with them right now? Yeah, man, I I was I always loved that event. Obviously, it's it's sort of uh, I go a couple times a year for like the last eleven years. Um, the the attendance was fantastic. Like the bear trap build out is even bigger. The eighteenth green build out is even bigger. Um, they built this thing up like they were anticipating an elevated event, and like the people, they love golf around here, right? They're gonna and there's a lot of corporate you know, companies that like will host stuff at the Honda. So like there's always going to get people that come and support it. Um, but it was like, nice. Like I was following Shane Lowry and like, there was some quietness. And like, at one point there was a, a, an older lady who kind of like screamed at him after, like, as he's walking from one green, like, we're so happy you came back Shane. And like the whole place was like, yeah. And like Lowry <laughs> was like fist pumping the crowd. So like they really appreciated, um, they, they appreciate golf. So it's good to see them, you know, hopefully Jack will kind of be the bridge between the new tournament sponsor and Jay and the PGA tour higher ups. And you would think they would kind of gamble, you know, take a little incentive in terms of getting a new sponsor on board. Like, Hey, we're going to throw you this elevated event next year. You're going to have the best players in the world. Um, let's sign a 10 year deal to be the new sponsor at PGA national. Yeah. And, and I know the players don't like it, but the fans fucking love it. And the TV ratings show it, right? Like even the non-sickos, like, as you called us, right. That enjoy events like this, like your regular guy who watches it and throws it on a Saturday. He wants to see carnage. He wants to see balls go in the water. He wants the drama of, of a Sunday. And this course gives the, the normal viewer that shit, whether they have money on it or not, like it creates drama and courses like this are, too few on, on this tour. And yeah, I, I, we said it off air. I hope to God it gets fucking match play. Oh, I hope it gets. 
Yeah, there's just there's a lot of history, man. Honda's the longest running sponsor. Like we know this course is hosted. Ryder Cups, it's 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 been around forever, and we can all picture like the shot that Tiger hit on 18. It's got a great list of like previous champions from Rory and JT and Ricky and local guys. Um, and, and it's it because it has that history, as I think what makes it special, no matter what the field, it's what made Eric Cole become a story last week. It's, created the Chris Kirk story. You know, we got Ryan Gerard, a guy who Monday queued and all of a sudden, you know, finished in one of the final groups. So you have that and that will always appeal to people. And that's part of the magic that the PGA tour has with the history of these events that like something like Mayakoba can't it's, you can't just replicate it easily. Um, So it's, it's a special tournament to a lot of people. Right. So, so, so if we get a lot of, you know, the bigger names coming in next year, um, I mean, we've seen like guys like JT play and Rory's played before, like anybody like in particular that like you haven't really recalled ever playing here. You are really interested in seeing like, you know, attack, uh, you know, PGA national, see how they do. Absolutely. Like the West coast guys never play here. So what I mean by that is like Xander, um, Finau, Rom, um, those guys have never shown up here. Um, uh, so it would be nice. And then to get Rory and JT and some of the guys who live up in Jupiter, that's a 15 minute drive. Some of those guys on board to come back, but yeah, it'll certainly be nice to see like Patrick Cantlay never plays. So some of the top guys that, um, have skipped this event every year for the last 11 years, it will be nice to see like, basically forced into coming and, and dealing with the bear trap and all the, the carnage that's around PGA. Yeah. I, I think cap, the one guy that came to mind, I, I think Capper will agree with this. I want to see Siwoo Kim at uh, the yeah. Just, I, I want to <laughs> yeah, see go. how many putters he throws into the water, <laughs> how many clubs he snaps. I remember uh, at Augusta national, when I was walking around last year, uh, they, they cut away, but he missed like a three foot putt and just fired his golf ball about 90 miles per hour. Uh, into the into uh, the pond next to it. I can only imagine what that would do to him there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be great if, uh, obviously, match play. I think that would be a really, really oh, fun time, especially if the wind was up. It was a little disappointing. We didn't get a lot of wind. Uh, yeah. But it looks like we're in a lot of wind this week. So maybe. why don't we maybe transition yeah. to that? So that, that, that's that been a big talking point this week. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about it on Sunday. Uh, yesterday, we were kind of, you know, we tried to do a DFS show, but without yeah. having any of the tee times and everything, it was just like, all right, well, we might like this guy. We might not. Now it's, you know, we have the tee times. Uh, we have, you know, we're a little closer to, you know, Thursday and Friday. Friday's the big win day. Saturday, we're going to get some stuff too. So I guess has the weather kind of changed a little bit how you made your betting card this week at all? You know, not really. And it probably should have, to be honest with you, Steve. I saw some numbers early out on Monday and I just kind of took them. And then today, like had, if I'm being honest, had like fingers crossed that they were on the right side of the draw. And I got a couple of them right and a couple of them wrong. But um, (laughs) it's it. Look, the thing is, is we know how quickly it changes. I didn't want to wait and see some of these numbers potentially crater a little bit and catch a worse number, you know, down the road. And the other thing is, is like, from what I was looking at, I'm trying to pull it up here now. Um, so it's tough to say which is really worse. So the afternoon has higher wins, right? But there's a more consistency between what Windfinder is saying is a gust and the standard wind. So would you rather have a 20 mile an hour per wind steady with up to 25 mile an hour gusts, or would you rather play in 13 mile an hour winds with up to 30 mile an hour gusts? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, it's just, I think it boils down to the player and they're going to have to embrace the elements a little bit with the wind. And they're going to have to embrace the difficult golf course that they're about to try to take on for 72 holes. 
Yeah, I mean, so I, I showed a little bit in my Discord channel. So I, I also looking at this wind finder, how Bay Hill is kind of situated and how it uh, it go it flows, uh, you know, around the front nine, the back nine. In the afternoon, it's gonna the wind's gonna start coming a little bit out of the southwest, and a lot of those holes start playing with a crosswind at that point. So, like, uh, I know that basically hole number four, that long par four, and uh, number twelve, they're basically the same hole. Um, they go basically from southeast to northwest, so that's gonna be a crosswind all the way across that hole. That's not ideal. Uh, a lot of that front nine too, it's gonna be a little bit of a crosswind. And then I noticed in the morning, like, you know, even if you know, like it, it's coming directly from the south. Well, if you ask a lot of these guys, they'd rather have just a direct tailwind or a direct headwind. They can kind of adjust that. These guys get drive themselves absolutely nuts with the crosswind. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's going to be tough to navigate. But again, like, you know, with, with wind, you never know. Uh, it's also interesting, too, that, um, I mean, the wind is going to start, you know, it says around 10 a.m. Could it be a little earlier than that? Could be a little later. So maybe the winds come a little earlier and all this wind split, you know, yeah, goes right to hell. Yeah. And another thing, too, is, it seems like if you make the cut and maybe you're like, you know, like 35th or 40th or something like that, there might be an opportunity to rise up the leaderboard on Saturday morning if you get out really early because it seems like there's going to be some wind in the afternoon. So who knows? Like maybe you might take, be able to take a chance on a guy who just yeah. slips into the cut uh, going in and then makes a run, you know, post a good number or respectable number and then is end up in the mix on Sunday and everything looks ideal. I, I got one of those guys on my car that I'm kind of hoping that maybe that does it, but um yeah, I mean it's it's really going to be interesting to see uh, what happens yeah. this week. Ten a.m. is tough because like it it could like it goes from seven to ten basically. You don't know if it's coming in at eight thirty or if it's coming in at ten. And the other thing is, guys, is like when's the last time we saw an entire first round finished on Thursday? Thank like, you. Every time these, these tea times night. have been getting pushed back, <laughs> so I think that could be a fact. Steve is. So six, right, is the par five all the way. Yes. Is is that projected to play downwind on Friday? Because that could no. be fun. No. So that is that. So okay. when the wind is from the southwest, the tee shot is right into the wind right there. So oh, basically geez. go, I mean, you're on video. So it goes like this. That was a terrible example. But regardless, so the tee shot's right into the wind. And then the approach shot where you get the lake all the way to the left there, the wind is pushing it towards the lake at that mm. point. So yes. when you have a direct a south wind, it's a crosswind for the tee shot, but it's right into the wind for the approach shot, which is a little more manageable. So yeah, yeah that's another one that might be really, really dicey. Um, I know that with 17, 18 basically plays, you know, south and north there with a little bit of a crosswind, it's going to want to push it maybe a little, uh, um, Towards the, you know, like it, it's a longer carry over the water. If it goes right, that's not ideal for 17. Same thing with 18 as well. So, and plus it's a little bit of a tailwind. You don't really want to go right there. It's going to want to push things to it. So I, I it's, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I kind of just took a stand this, you know, with my betting car, as far as what I want with the wind strategy. Uh, I did something with my positionals this week. Uh, I'll explain a little bit what I did uh, to maybe keep a little bit more money. Uh, now, and then maybe use some stuff after Friday. I yes. uh, will go over that too. So, um, we'll this see is what happens. This is definitely a live bullet. Like, yeah. hang on to hang on to some shit. And, like you said, not, and listen, the bad way, if it, even if it goes the way we think it's going to go, right? There's going to be a stutter to or a, a guy who has an actual, actual shot to win this tournament still make it through the cut. And he could be, you know, however many five shots behind, and you can get a much better live number. And I'd rather spend my money on that gamble than. 
than not, right? So, I mean, right. that, that's kind of where I, I built my betting card. I'm just buying into like the 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 Friday afternoon guys are a huge disadvantage compared to the other ones. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So be it. And uh, that's it, man. But uh, these weeks are either really good for me or really bad. So yeah. that, there you go. So all right. Well, uh, why don't we take a quick break and then uh, we'll start okay. getting to the betting card. Let's do it. Well, listen, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gaming Podcast. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets Build Your Own. Bet Match Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 to get 100 bucks. Limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot palais of the week, you get $1,000 in free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you got to do is head over to sportsgivenpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgivenpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer is subject to change. Terms this is winbet.com. Must be put on an older president state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a game from, call 1-800-522-4700. And of course, don't forget the SGPN merch store. We continue to add new stuff to the store every day. Head over to the, the store.sportsgivenpodcast.com gamblepodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. Uh, like I said, uh, that lightweight tee uh, hoodie thing that I got well, came in really handy for the three weeks of winter that I had down here when I went out to the golf course. Um, <laughs> you know, you get, I'd take it off by hole three because I'd be fucking hot, but it, it helped on the range, and uh, I like it a lot. So there you go. Go buy yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. I'm rocking something very comfy, too. Uh, <laughs> I think my podcast. Uh, I, th- I think it's actually that, you know, basically the long sleeve tee that you, that you just described there, too. So No, that's... Is that the heavy sweatshirt? This is a light sweatshirt with a little hoodie on the back. It feels like a t-shirt. Yeah, it's just t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, it's I great. Got the gray one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and comfy. Wear it around the house. Go to the dry range, you're right. So all right, that's awesome. all right, Joe. So yeah. let's get to outright bets. Um, pretty dangerous with the weather situation, but we'll see what happens. So, Joe, uh, why don't you go over who uh you bet outright to win the uh Arnold Palmer invitational? Uh yeah, I bet Rory. It's not oh, sexy. Shit. I know. Listen, I've got a weird track record, guys, of getting Rory right at the right time. Okay. Um, You check the banner. I got it right twice last year at pretty good numbers. I don't think 10 to 1 is a bad betting price on Rory this week. I think that you're basically going to have, if you're going to bet him any week on the PGA Tour, pick a week. You're going to pretty much pay 10 to one, right? Yep. I think that I could argue, make an argument that this may be one of the best weeks that you could possibly bet him in terms of, of win probability per that number, that betting price. He's awesome at Bay Hill. It's one of his stickiest course history spots. Um, it, all the metrics that I was sort of honing in on a little bit this week were a couple of, who's gained the most strokes T to green at Bay Hill over the last six years, Rory. Um, who's the best par five score over the last 36 rounds? So we know the importance of them, Rory. Yep. When I also tried to look into two stats based on um, difficult scoring conditions. So the two that I looked at, and they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. So one is birdie or better rate. So how many, you know, are you able to score in difficult conditions? And the other was bogey avoidance. Can you avoid disaster? Um, Rory's number one in bogey avoidance and he's third in birdie or better rates. It's hard not to make a case for Rory this week. I do think that Rom is the better player. So I'll I'll preface it with that, but I think this is a much better spot for Rory. If you could actually find a a decent plus money matchup on the two, I would advise Rory there as well in that head to head. Um, That's my guy at 10 to one at the top. Damn. So, that kills me, man. Like, because you're you're right. Everything, like, this is the scariest thing about, you said you, you got, like, a little bit of a break from having to bet these guys. Yeah. So, but this week presents a different problem. 
for betters, right? It's like there's so many good guys and the books are cowards and they compress them all at 25 to one or under because they only know they know only so many guys have it. And it's like, do you just do you just bite the bullet and bet Rory at 10 to one or do you take a couple guys at like 20? And it's like, I would feel much better with a Rory ticket than the guys that I'm betting in the fucking 20s. Yeah, it's and, tough to say. I mean, we'll I, see. It does feel like he kind of got the good side of the weather draw, although he's a little bit oh, in between. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the argument. And usually I'm with you, dude. I'm usually in. Oh, I'd I rather have three guys at 26 to one. Um, but I don't know. It was just when I saw the a number, I'm just like, this is this feels like Rory week. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Capra, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's And it's just like it, betting against these three studs. Yeah. It's just terrifying in general anyway. You know what I mean? And so if you're comfortable with it, then yeah, like I could be sold on Rory because I've talked to Steve about it. Like he he was missing left with his drive. Rob was missing left. And I was like, all right, it's six to one. Yeah. Like his part has been carrying him. Like he doesn't play, he doesn't have the course history that Rory has here. Um, Scotty, I don't know. Is he going to defend again? Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, can he do it again? Um, and I'm not a Rory guy. Uh, I bet him. I want him. Um, but I don't know, man. My card's kind of light right now. And you on Rory, somebody else I, I respect is on Rory. I, oh, God damn it, dude. I don't want to have to bet Rory. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the problems with Rory lately has not been the ball sharing. It hasn't really been teed green. It's been the putters. So do you think a return to uh, Bay Hill where he's obviously won and done very well here. Do you think that might wake it up or do you might see, you know, cause guys have trouble putting when it's really windy conditions, you know, even if he has on the good side of the draw, he's going to have to face it at some point during this tournament. Uh, do you think he can overcome that? Or do you think that might still bite him in the ass? Or do you think it might be like last year where nobody can make a putt and it's not going to matter? I think sort of both. I think that the, the you're finding enough looks inside of 15 feet are going to be extremely hard to come across this week. Um, you're going to have to possess elite level, like ball striking or driving distance. I think to get yourself opportunities. Like I talked to James nitties yesterday. I had him on my show who was there the other day and he was like, balls were coming into the greens and bouncing 12 to 15 feet in the air. Yeah. He was like, it is so firm. Um, and the wind's only going to exasperate that even more. So I, I, he's going to be able to score on the par fives. I'm confident in that. And this is the place where I think he had his best putting performance of his career. When he won a few years ago, he gained like 11 strokes putting um, at Bay Hill. So he had a fantastic year. I think coming back to Bermuda grass is also a benefit for him. I don't think that Poet is his best surface. I, the numbers may tell you differently, but I know he lives here in Jupiter. I know he plays at medalist. I know he just played in the Seminole program. Like this is where he's familiar. So if there was some sort of a struggle, uh, on the West coast, I think it can just, if anything, it just gives him an excuse, like it mentally, like, okay, I'm back on Bermuda. I'm back where I'm familiar because he had previously before that, the previous season made giant strides with the putter from what he had seen maybe two to three years ago. So he had one of his better putting years. Uh, I think he could rebound. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, is that the only guy on your card or do you have a, no. other guys? um, so I also took Sung JM. Okay. Uh, I got 35 to one on Sung JM. Um, you know, I, it was tough for me because now I see Justin Thomas is kind of drifting into that range. And I wonder about that. Uh, I dislike Sung Jay's consistency on tough courses. I like his um, ability to get up and down here. I like the fact that he played last week, you know, it wasn't great. He lost, I think five or six strokes putting, 
But the fact that he teed it up, um, I do put some weight into. There are some guys that carried it over last year. Chris Kirk was one of them, who like top five, both the Honda and this last year. Gary Woodland, I believe, had good performances at both last year as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just playing and getting those reps in Florida under your belt could be helpful. So Sungjae I have. And then I took the Hideki, man. Um, I got 70 to (laughs) 1 yesterday. I couldn't resist it. Too big of a number. Um, it's a silly betting price. I'll bet that in every single tournament that uh, a decky plays. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking the most famous a decky example of a windy firm uh, win for him was uh, the Masters uh, back in 2021, yeah. where you know the first couple of days really windy. Really firm greens, and he ends up winning. I, I think for me, um, with Hideki, I'm still worried about that neck injury. Uh, I know that they mentioned, it, I think, at Tory or Phoenix that he was kind of rubbing it still. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, listen, he had a week off, and you know, maybe he just went to the chiropractor, and it's all in 71 for Hideki. I mean, if he's right, that's a great number. So, yeah, uh, totally yeah. pretty good for you. So. The last guy that I took was 125 to one. I'm not really expecting him to win if I'm being completely honest, but it was uh, Taylor Montgomery. Um, okay. Like his upside. I, I think for a while there, he was very overpriced and I think you're getting a little bit of a discount this week. Um, and this is like, is borderline hot takeish, but I don't think he's that, he's not that he's not three times worse than Cameron young. Oh, right? I would agree so, with that. What's that? I would agree with that. Yeah. So I think that they're a lot closer than the betting odds would indicate. Um, and if we're looking for a young player with a ton of talent who possesses all the tools in his game, who's still looking for that first PGA tour win, uh, I think that he's like just as likely to nab it as, as Cam Young is in the next three to four months. So I'll it's a, a huge number. I'll make a little comp on Taylor Montgomery just kind of came to my mind. Um, why can't he do what Lucas Herbert did last year at Bay Hill? Mm-hmm. where, yep. listen, he's pretty long off the tee, not a great iron player, but good around the green, and he can putt. So yeah. I, I think that just that mold of a guy this week, especially if it, in adverse conditions, even if it's there's no wind, it's going to be hard you know, to keep the ball on the green and everything. I, I, that, that could play well. I think that's actually a pretty sharp player for me right there. Yeah, that was the one that I made today, and I do believe, I have to double-check this, but I believe that he has the he's, first tee time out on Friday. He does. Okay. Yeah. Him so and I, it I know is sort him. of a weather wave thing that they didn't, yeah. they didn't move the number. And I don't know if I haven't checked the odds most recently. I don't know if they moved the number for anyone based on a weather draw, they didn't. but him they didn't. having being out at 7am and being done with his round by 1115 is probably a good thing. If things stay the same. Yeah. I yeah. think it was him and Keith Mitchell. I think where the guys yep. are going out like real early on Friday, which really made my case for Mitchell, which I'll talk about. I like a Keith bit too. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, Capper, uh, you said that your card's kind of light right now. Uh, do you want yep. me to go, do you want me to start talking? So you maybe, yeah, guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I already think, I already think Joe might've convinced me on Rory. So he can expect angry texts from Thursday to Sunday when it doesn't go well. <laughs> okay. All right. So while I walk through my process of this week, so I tried normally what I do is I usually just go hard and heavy on Monday morning. I really, I, at that point, I already have my guys on my dashboard. Joe, you've seen this dashboard. It's insane, Uh, but I have everything up there. Uh, My Denny's menu, my Andy Reid offensive play calling sheet. And I'm like, you know what? All right. I want this guy. I want this guy and this guy. And I start looking at all the odds where I shop and then I get my guys. Uh, I tried to exercise some patience this week, unless I saw a guy, you know, like 65, 71 plus who I just really liked that. I was just going to gamble on as far as like the tea time split. So I found a Keith Mitchell 70 to one at the beginning of the week. I just took it. 
I, I think he's been playing great. I love how well he's been driving the ball. Obviously, he has great results in Florida in um, the wind of the Honda Classic. Uh, he's got you know another ninth place finish there. Uh, good finishes at Bay Hill. Uh, he's got a good finish at uh, TBC Twin Cities. That's an Arnold Palmer as well with a lot of water. So uh, he's got a 20th place finish at TBC Boston, another Arnold Palmer uh, golf course. So a lot of these cross course uh, cross comps for me, success in Florida. I know he can do it in tough weather conditions. I just saw it at Pebble Beach. You know, that Saturday when every the wind was way up, he played really good. Um, 70 to one on him. I think he can actually hang with these guys too. I was really impressed yep. with Riviera. He hung tough. Um, I think that might've given him confidence, you know, to say, all right, I can do this. Um, and then 90 to one on Ricky Fowler. I thought that was a good price and he's playing really good. Obviously really good history at Bay Hill. Um, he's been hitting his irons So, so good lately. Uh, the off the tee has been a little up and down, but he's been finding a lot more fairways with some of his swing changes again. Like, you know, he's got been really good at Bay Hill. He's got a win at TPC Boston. He's got a win at Honda. Uh, another second place finish at Honda. Good finishes at Bay Hill. So, you know, for nine to one for a guy playing really good with a solid track record, I, you know, it's a long shot with the number, but I don't think it would surprise anybody if he actually won, just given his pedigree and how well he's playing. Uh, I like that. And then I waited, I waited until today. I wanted to see what the tea times were. And I, I just, I, I took a stand of, unless I can recall like you conquering the odds in a bad weather split, like famously, I wasn't going to take you. So, and I don't, Love the guys I found finding with the afternoon or with the PM AM wave, but there's enough of a history where even though they might have the course history at Bay Hill, I've seen them have recent success in wind where I'm just going to go with it. So Xander 25 to one, obviously he hasn't played a lot of Florida golf. We talked about that last night, but I've seen, and, and this used to be a guy I think was a little bit of a house cat as we kind of call people on this podcast, but last year travelers, when he won that final round got really windy. He persevered the Scottish open really windy. He persevered. Um, so, you know, and talk about a guy who's in tough weather conditions, solid tee to green, um, you know, he's been hitting his irons uh, really well, driving it really good. The around the green game has been a little loose, but I, I think that's going to bounce back for him. So I got 25 to one on Xander. I like that price, even though there's not a whole lot of course history here. And then Tony Fee now 26 to one. Uh, I think what sold me on him was, you know, a, it seems like he's figured out Bermuda. So you look at his last couple mm -hmm. of results. He's got the fifth place at um, TBC Southwind, a lot of water and uh, Bermuda greens. Um, he finished. Uh, you know, he finished ninth at the short championship last year. He gained strokes, uh, putting there, uh, one at Houston did really well putting there. Always is really good at Albany. That's tip Eagle greens, uh, seventh at Kapalua. Those are tip Eagle greens too. uh, hitting the ball pretty well, very efficient tee to green. Um, it seems like when he played Bay Hill, it wasn't necessarily the ball striking. That was a issue for someone's term. It seemed like just on and around the greens. So he's kind of figured that out you know, maybe he can actually get a win here. And I've seen him do it in windy condition, in tough conditions. So uh, I like that. And then I have not placed this bet because I'm going to wait to see where he drifts, but you just mentioned it. I will probably bet JT just to kind of cover my ass. And I talked about him a lot last night. I, I tried to make a case for capper. Um, great history in Florida, obviously winner of Hana winner at Sawgrass. He's a winner at TBC Boston. I, I talked a lot about that golf course last night where there's a lot of guys who've won and had success there had a lot of success at Bay Hill. Um, you know, so like Bryson, Henrik Stenson, Rory, even Charlie Hoffman, uh, back <laughs> in the day one there, he's had done well at, uh, at Bay Hill. Uh, shout out Jeff Nagel for that little, uh, 
uh, <laughs> nugget there that you just sent me before the show. So I just really like that crossover. I know he's only played here once. That was 2015, but he hit the ball fine. Um, I just think that he's due for a win. Um, there's been some issues with his game lately, but I think he can turn around the iron game that was not very good at Riviera. He's been a really good around the green, though. That's been the one consistent thing all year. Off the tee's been a little better. The putter's been kind of coming along a little bit, too. Um, I think he's starting to maybe peak, and I kind of like him coming back to Florida, putting on these greens. And I, I want to see where the number drifts, but I probably will end up betting him anyway. So uh, those are my five. I don't think I'm going to lie bet. I think if I'm going to add stuff, it's going to be positionals, try and get some guys that maybe kind of squeak into the cut. Take advantage of some, you know, early tea times on Saturday. Maybe move up and see what happens. But I like the I like the card. Obviously, I'm scared about one of the top three, like Rory or Ram Shepherd, just winning. But that's every tournament now, so you know, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this, you guys didn't fucking help me at all uh because it was just like it's it's just it's the paralysis of these guys at the top and i was I, so when i was looking today because i actually had some discipline this week it, it helps the fact that joe understands i live in fucking florida and my locals sometimes don't put out numbers it's like 1 30 in the afternoon yeah um and so the only guy i bet sub 30 to one was morikawa um now steve says he has something that we figured out why he doesn't play well in the wind but i mean he won concession uh, he, he he's only played here once, but he top tended. I mean, other than the, the Phoenix where he completely just shat his wad around the green and, and putting, I mean, the dude second, third, sixth, like, I don't know, man. Like he's such a fucking good iron player. He got the good weather draw. Thank God. Uh, he worries me around the green, but I feel like it's the shade. It's, it's the, it's the. There's some more rough around here that will hold the ball up a little bit more, and he has a better chance of doing it. It's kind of like why Hovland did well here, right? They kind of have the same type of deficiencies in the short game. Um, mm-hmm. I got him at 22. Um, I liked it a lot until Steve texted me six hours ago. I figured out why Morikawa wasn't good in the wind, and now, I, now I'm just waiting for it. Why isn't he good in the wind? Um, I mean, listen, Morikawa does make an appearance in my betting card, um, okay. but it seems like... Anytime he is in significant win, it's not necessarily the ball striking that goes, it's on and around the green that oh, suffers. God. So okay, like I, I looked a great. little so I looked a little bit more into like so he just did pretty well at Tory Pines um on the south course in those winning conditions. Didn't putt very well. Uh I remember he was I think close to the lead at Harbor Town a couple of uh, like two years ago. The putter went away that day when it got windy. He was putting fine up until that point. Uh, there's a couple other examples I found that, you know, in calmer conditions. On and around the green, he's been fine. But then when the wind kicked up, that was an issue. That was the issue in Phoenix. It wasn't necessarily the, I mean, he didn't hit it all that great with the ball striking, but he lost significantly around the green. He lost significantly putting. Nope. I think that's been the common theme for him is that like, you know, even at Riviera, there was the one year that was really windy. I think it was the year that Max Homa won, um, could not make a putt, was really terrible around the green. And then he went to concession in dead calm conditions. He was fine. But then the next two years at Riviera, relatively calm, not a whole lot of wind and he's putting fine. So maybe it's nothing, but it's just something I noticed that like, I I was trying to rack my brain about like, when has it been windy and why is Morikawa kind of suffered? It seems like on and around the greens for him. And I guess, listen, I, that could be enough for a top 10 because it's going to be fine on Thursday. It's going to be fine on Sunday. He does technically have a favorable weather draw. I'm a little worried about what's going to happen on Saturday afternoon for him. Yeah. So maybe that's the difference between winning and top tens, but it's, it was enough for me to. He's, he's go just, with, 
he's just so he's so accurate off the tee. He's so good at two hundred plus. Like yeah, and I, I feel like it's crazy. Like he's he's behind a couple other guys, and it's like why is he behind? I don't know. Like whatever. So it, it, that that was my only bet the sub thirty, and then I took Mitchell like you did because I got him at sixty, um, which is a good number for Florida, mm-hmm. Steve. I don't need the the shaming for all the reasons that you said, and then. Bye. My boy Keys at eighty, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can't not bet Keegan at fucking eighty. I just can't not do it. Like he's such a good Long Island player, long and fucking straight. Great course history here, which is sticky. Uh, like I, I don't know why. Like that number is dumb. Like this guy, this guy won in the last couple months. Like eighty to one. Yes, I, I know he missed the cut, but last week. But what, I don't care. Like I do not care. Eighty to. One. Was it here uh, that he all that? Sorry, was it here that he played no. really well last year, or was that? Players or both? Players, both. he played really well. Players, he, players, he, players was like by like Sophie's fucking choice. I had a ticket on Cam, and Keegan was coming down the stretch, and yeah, I was like, I can't terrible. root against Keegan to do anything bad. I was Texas Steve, like I don't know what the fuck to do. And remember, it was so a Monday stressed. finish too. <laughs> I was so stressed out because I was there Sunday, and I was like, oh my god, I was like, I can go back. I was like, no, nah. I was like, I'm gonna watch from the house, like. And I was like, thank God I watched from the house because I was like a giant fucking stress ball because like my heart wanted Keegan to win like so bad. Like it was like rooting like almost above my money. And then once Cam actually won, I was very happy the fact that the bank account got better. But yeah, uh, he's he's good in Florida too, man. And he's become a, such a much better putter. He's he's a guy who can who not going to one putt shit, but I feel like his his bogey avoidance is pretty solid. And like I said, that that course history here, which I feel like is important, is good. And he's got all. Attributes, long straight, great long iron player. Um, yeah, man, Andy's my guy. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not bet him at 80 to fucking one. So, and, and literally everybody that that you guys talked about, I was thinking about Rory because for whatever reason, I'm out on Ron this week. Um, same thing was, but I was looking at Xander and Finau. Right, I'm looking at the guys in the 20s, and I'm hearing everybody saying JT's drifting all afternoon. I've been checking my locals. He ain't drifting for me. He's still right there with them, like somewhere between 22 and 25. So really, my choice is going to be add Rory end of card, or add another 20 guy. Like, yeah, that's it. I'm going to have four guys on my card. So am I going to feel more comfortable with Rory, or am I going to feel more comfortable with Xander or now? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that question kind of answers itself. So you're so you're out on JT. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, listen, I would I'd be fine with him if, if I could get him at like the numbers that everybody's talking. He's drifting at like twenty eight, thirty. Shit yeah, like so that, so, but... I, so I see I see a twenty eight. I'm gonna wait till tomorrow and see what happens. If I if I if I see a three, I'm probably gonna hit it and then hope. How to print? Hope we did the players last year. Right. Hope yep. we did the PGA. Hope we did the Masters. Even I actually remember that on Friday it was horrible to start, and then Friday weather conditions were terrible. He shot like five under that day miraculously. JT just worries me with his with his putting, with his tendency to get squirrely off the tee. The fact that his approach game has been fucking god awful for the past fucking two months, really. Um, like I think he's appropriately priced. Like I, I feel like if his, if his name wasn't JT, we, we'd already see a three in front of his name. Okay. All right. So, all right. Well, uh, why don't we take another break and then we'll get to the other props like matchups and uh, positionals. As you oh, okay. Well, so I we're gonna talk about Piper <laughs> golf balls. Um, so look, like you know, you, you were coming out of winter, you're gonna get your gear, you know, you go to you know, sporting goods store, get new golf balls. Obviously, you're gonna gravitate towards the, the premium golf balls, but why pay extra uh for a golf ball that might actually help your game? Because listen, you know, you're not a low handicap golfer, might not be able to maximize, you know, the benefits of a Pro V1 or a Callaway. So why you opt for a golf ball that actually will help your game? And Piper golf balls can do that. They actually have a chart on their website 
uh, where they break down by handicap what type of golf ball is good for you for Piper Golf. So, for example, their green line of balls, that's for your higher handicaps, your 15-plus guys. That's for guys with a little slower swing speeds. They have extra distance uh, boosters in order to help you get the ball out there. That's going to lower your scores because you're going to be close to the green. Uh, the, the, they got their blue line of golf balls. Those are for your five to 15 handicappers. You know, you're skilled guys. You can kind of get it out there a little bit, but maybe you need a little more help with a little more distance. Um, not, you know, maybe you don't want the ball to spin as much off the tee on off center hits. Uh, it'll keep it, you know, it'll, uh, you know, narrow your uh, dispersion off the tee or with your approach shots. Uh, they got their black line of golf balls. Those are for your scratch to 12 handicappers. It's got a smooth, soft feel, a higher spin. So the ball lands soft on the green. Uh, but the real, you know, uh, creme de la creme golf ball from Piper golf balls is the gold line. That's for your handicaps. If you got a seven or less, that's their pro V one equivalent. It's a, it's a four piece urethane golf ball feels just like a pro V one. I got a shipment last week. I'm, I can't wait to use it on the golf balls. It's going to give me a high ball flight, soft feel, but what's really going to do for me, it's going to give me extra spin and control around the green. That's really going to help my game. Uh, because listen, I can go to the driving range and hit driver and irons over and over. But if you really want to lower your scores quick, get really good around the green and your scores are going to go down. And Piper Golf can do that with their goal line of golf balls. So go to piper.golf slash GGP. You'll get 10% off your first order using promo code GGP. You can opt to subscribe and receive scheduled shipments on golf balls at a 50% discount. And you get free shipping on any orders over $50. So go to piper.golf slash GGP and improve your game today. And then lastly, we want to thank you for watching us on YouTube right now. Go and uh, click the subscribe button and check out our content every single week. Yeah, and uh, I, I threw it to you earlier, right? I missed one. Uh, so we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the home for the offseason NFL best ball drafts. They also get you covered for a ton of other daily games, including the NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to, to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. And at underdogfantasy.com, use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. My bad, dude. Okay. All right, Joe, let's kick it back to you. Uh, you know, you love doing the matchups. So uh, do you got any matchups on your card this week? Yeah, um, I'll give you two of the ones that I like. Um, Rory over Rom. I got a plus 115 earlier today. There were some better numbers out there earlier um, in like the plus 130 range, but I think it got hit pretty hard, man. Um, It's all the way down now. I'm trying to pull up the latest odds. Let me see here. Um, But I, I, I just, I think he has better, much better setup at this golf course. I don't think that they're that far off. Yeah. He's even odds now in that matchup. The other one that I like um, as an underdog at the same odds plus plus one fifteen was Justin Thomas over Patrick Cantlay. I don't think Cantlay is going to like this place. I don't know what his course history is, but I can just see him getting very frustrated. It's zero course history. I don't think that he likes playing in Florida. I don't like him on difficult golf courses in general. I don't like him in the wind. Um, all signs for me go to Justin Thomas, who we know plays good in Florida. We know doesn't have great course history here, but you mentioned Sawgrass. You mentioned PGA national wins. He's also played very well at Valspar before. Um, he's also, and he just, and he just won Seminole. He just, did he win? Yeah. I didn't know that. The leaked word was, yeah. The word is that him and whoever he was playing with won Seminole. Oh, he's coming in on a heater right now. He fixed those irons, the the putter. Let's go. He's coming in on a heater, man. I'll take JT and Rory both as as underdogs in those two matchups. And then in terms of like, I was just looking at the top 40 market, one that kind of drew my attention. So I like to kind of stick around this. I don't know if this is the best strategy. I'm more uh, have better long-term stuff with, with the outrights, but 
Um, looking at kind of guys where you can get in the top 40 or top 20 at around two to one betting price, I think is kind of the way that I like to, to typically play them. Um, Hayden Buckley's plus 200 to top 40. The other guy's Ryan Fox is plus 190 at DraftKings Sportsbook to top 40. Um, He's like a top 40 player in the world by OWGR, (laughs) like damn near close. Uh, I I think that he can show up here and have a good week. New Zealand guy. He should be very familiar playing in firm, windy conditions. Um, And it's an opportunity for him to kind of showcase his skills over sort of on the PGA tour. He's a veteran. So it's not like he's going to be like overwhelmed. I think Mm -hmm. by the journey over here and and the bright lights and all this stuff, I I think that he could play pretty well. Plus one ninety there. And the other thing I was looking at, speaking of seminal, um, I was going to look to see where I can isolate some stuff on Matt Fitzpatrick because I heard that he withdrew in the middle of a, okay. of a, uh, I mean, it's like what? It's like a member pro yes, yeah. tournament. It's, it's nothing. So the fact that he yeah. would even withdraw, like why show up if you're going to withdraw? So that was weird to me. Um, I think it might have something to do with the neck would be my indication. So that's, that's another weird one where I might look to try to find some markets to potentially exploit that. Let me, let me caution you on this. Cause I was texting a certain PJ player last weekend and he said he was only 60%. And I was like, Oh, are you now? And I was like, Oh, is it the back? Yeah. Oh, it's the back. Is it okay? Let me find you in some matchups. And he played better than sixty yeah. percent. So, uh, just 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 a, just a word of caution. Yeah, that one that one bit me right in the ball sack. So that was fun. Well, we yeah. talked about Fitzpatrick uh, last night, where I did. was looking at his recent results over the last six six months. So I noticed that you know both you know he did the speed training, Bryson did the speed training. When Bryson came out of the COVID break, off the tee and with the irons, he was just on fire. And that was kind of like with Fitzpatrick off the tee and with the irons, he was great. That's why he won the U.S. Open. But over time. The iron play went away for Bryson. It's been going away for Fitzpatrick. Is that because of injuries or because of the speed training? Like maybe a combination of both. So yeah, yeah I don't really love where Fitzpatrick's game is right now either. Now, like if it is a situation though, where greens are extremely firm and no one's hitting the green, then yeah, a guy like Fitzpatrick, maybe getting up and down, be able right. to the putt, be good. But again, like, you know, the questions with the health, that's not a good situation there. It's definitely something to monitor. I get, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be looking at that. Okay. All right, Capper. What about you? Thanks. What about match match? Thanks for that, Joe. So now, so now, so now you're going to get yelled at for Rory and all my Fitz money. Well, he's <laughs> dude. He's, I'm looking now. He's in a matchup with your boy Shane Lowry. Lowry's a huge underdog. I know because Lowry fucking sucks here. He's so bad here. I don't mind Lowry's chances this week. Lowry and Hideki are both weird ones that I don't feel like should be seventy to one. Hideki, I think, is a little bit better of a player, but yeah, Hideki. Lowry can be unbelievable dude they both are major pedigree like talented players i like them both on tough golf courses um lowry has the ability to scramble and get up and down out of everywhere hideki kind of has that too when he's playing his best so they're they're both of those guys i I think just betting price alone i i don't mind just like a blind bet on either one of them yeah listen and listen i'm a lowry guy like uh, like i obviously i fucking love lowry but I don't know, man. He's got bad course history here. He couldn't putt in the fucking ocean last weekend. And yeah, yeah, he is good up and down the green until it's money time. And then he wants to chip it into the fucking water at heritage. Right. Like, (laughs) I mean, not that anybody remembers that or anything. Certainly not me. Uh, (laughs) You you got, you got bad history at Lowry last year too. I mean, Honda heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Honda was a tough Honda was brutal. Yes, it was. 
That was yep. brutal. Yeah, that was super fun. Yep, super fun. Uh, lots lots right. of Scott tissue with my boy Shane. All right, yeah, so yeah. You just, I'll run through. I'll run through my matchups real quick. Uh, I'm with you on JT and Cantley. I didn't get the same number that you got. I got plus 105. Good enough for me. Fucking yep. Steve has made it a point uh, that Cantley, for whatever reason, avoids Florida. He does at all costs, and he does not have good good uh, Florida history. He's never played here. Uh, yeah, give me JT all day, uh, and then I'm taking uh, Hatton over over Spieth. Uh, the weather draw is there. Um, so that solidified it for me. It's only minus 125. I know my only minus 25 in the matchup, all you plus EV nerds, whatever. I don't care. The um, Hatton's core sister here is insane. He's in much better fucking form. And Speed's like, Speed's played here once, right? Just once? Just one time? One, and, one time, and it's not five. Yeah, but whatever. Like, he doesn't make the fucking three footers. Don't care. Um, I'm fine with that. And then uh, uh, Tommy. Uh, a Fleetwood over a Seamus Power. This is a course that Fleetwood, if he's ever going to win on U.S. soil, this is made for him. Plays really well in bad conditions. Uh, Seamus is a good golfer, and I love backing Seamus Power, like for the most part. But um, it was basically it was minus one hundred five uh, on each side where I found it. So yeah, I want Fleetwood. He got the good weather wave as well. I waited for my matchups until I saw the the tee times, so I found that one. Um, and then I also. Have Rom over Scotty and Rory over Scotty, just based on the on the weather wave, and it's a coin flip. Uh, one Rom is minus one fifteen, no one twenty. Uh, Rory's minus one fifteen over Scotty. Uh, I'll eat the juice on the coin flip based on the weather splits and talent. That's it. Okay. All right. I have similar stuff to uh, my hypothetical matchups because I no longer have matchups because I'm terrible at it. So it's actually been okay this year. I was about to say, you're not terrible at it. No. Well, I mean, in theory, I'm not terrible at it. But when I actually put stone cold cash in it, I kind of alter the universe and it it goes bad for everybody (laughs) involved. So so I also have found a matchup that I didn't like Scotty Shepard. It was more about the price, though. So Max Homa was plus 155 against Shuffler Stram. So Homa has the favorable T draw. And you look at like, all right, you know, we're getting off the West Coast. You know, what's going to happen there? But he's actually been pretty good in Florida. He got 13th in players last year, 17th at Arnold Palmer. Um, he's got a 10th at Arnold Palmer, 6th at Valspar, uh, 22nd in concession. Uh, he's got that third place finish at TPC Twin Cities, the other Arnold Palmer with a lot of water there too. So I think he can hold his own. And listen, like, I mean, you know, Shuffler, I, I think the world of him, obviously former winner, but, you give me plus one fifty five against Max Homa. Got yeah. playing that well. I, I just I, I, yep. I can't I theoretically that. pass that up. So hopefully you can bet <laughs> that, and I won't push it for you. Um, I also have an anti Cantley matchup. I took Xander minus one hundred five over Cantley. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously Xander doesn't have the Florida history, but I just trust him more in windy conditions. They actually went head to head at Travelers last year in windy conditions, and uh, Xander Xander prevailed, and Cantley was a disaster that well, day. A fucking puddle. I had money on of that fucking. Yeah, man. I think I bet him eighteen to one. And I was like, all right, this is this is going to be good. We're you know Xander's not going to win. He never wins, and then. Yeah. That happens. So I had to worry about Sahith had a better shot than Cantley. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so Xander Myers one of five or Cantley. And then uh I'm fading Cam Young uh in a matchup. I just so you know, obviously, like I think people might like him because you know, people think about Bryson. Maybe he can do that here. I, I don't know if that's gonna work this week with all the wins. He's been really bad around the green, really struggling with a putter too. If it's really difficult conditions where no one's hitting greens, I really worry about him in that. And I just trust Tommy Fleetwood in some of these, you know, Florida windy weather conditions play well. Riviera a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think he's rounding back into form after kind of struggling at the start of the year. Tommy Fleetwood plus one Oh five over Cam Young. Like it. I think I like that one better than power. I wish I had access to that one. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, I like that one as well. I, I've kind of been trying to fade Cam Young in a lot of matchups this season, and it's worked out pretty well. He's the only guy, like, I'm just kind of looking through, like, DraftKings pricing even. He's the only player in the field this week that's above, let me see, that's above 7,800 that loses in both around the green and putting. And it's not, yeah. like, real close. He loses pretty significantly in both. Um, so mm-hmm. just... You, you got to do one of those things well, especially on a course with low greens and regulation percentage. It's going to require scrambling. It's going to require a lot of eight footers for par. Um, if you have deficient in one, you have to be good at the other. And the fact that he is like the only guy inside of 80 to one and above 7,800 on DraftKings this week, that is a substantial loser in both of those. Um, it, it's just too much to overcome uh, with the driver. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, like, it, you just said it right there. I mean, his around the green number has been horrible. Putting has been horrible. Uh, I watched a lot of him in uh, Saudi Arabia because I actually had a bet on him there. And it seems hmm. like, I mean, he was great there. Otherwise, though, he's been kind of flat since the beginning of the year. Like, I mean, you know, who knows what's going on with him? Um, but, yeah, I don't really love him a, a whole lot this week. Uh, so, Capper stepped out. I'll, I'll just go over some of my positions. Uh, this is where I have the Morikawa FOMO bet, I guess. I, okay. I, I'm going to do a FOMO bet of the week tomorrow. This is probably going to be it. Listen, I also have a track record with Kyle Morikawa. Everything I say something, like I make this grandstand or like I, I appear to have this aha moment with him, he tends to shove in my face. So, and I did say that like, I mean, Capper, you're right. T to green. I don't have a lot of concerns with him there. Uh, I'm a little concerned about with when he experiences wind, and that's going to knock him between like a top 10 and a win. But I found a good top 10 price on Morikawa plus 265. Um, I think that's pretty doable for him. I like that price. So that's where I'm going to have Morikawa in case he ends up shoving in my face and winning this week. Uh, I'll at least get a little money there. I, I really uh, I really hope that happens. Yes, I know I know you do. So <laughs> I have a terrible track record making grand proclamations about Kyle Morikawa. So uh, I, I, I found a good top 20 on Max Homa. I just like it was plus 150. I think God he's going to keep it. Th- I think he's going to keep it rolling. Uh, great driver, great around the green. Uh, he's, he can putt on these greens too. So I don't really have concern about him going from poet to here. Um, I just think he's solid. I just think in plus plus one fifty for, you know, top 20 doesn't have to be perfect. He has a little bit more leeway to do that. Um, so I want to have Keith Mitchell on my card too, for positional besides the outright best I could kind of do is like a top 30 plus plus one twenty for him. Um, I really like the fact that he's going out real early on Friday. Uh, maybe he ends up being like in the top five or so kind of hangs on for the weekend there. So up oh, Capper, do you want to say something? Yeah. I don't know if you guys could hear that. Like the dog's going nuts, the kids screaming. And then my dog just buzzed in the door. My other daughter pulled the dog out. So that, that was fun. Welcome to, oh, dad life. Okay. Welcome to dad life guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Wait, so, so, what number did you get him at? It's, it's a top 30 plus actually it's plus plus one fifteen. I fuck it. I'm so, I'm so jealous you have access to these markets. But once again, yeah. I think it's probably better for me. Yeah, I mean that that's a pre, like for me. Like you just went over your strategy about like you like guys two to one. For me, like I if I can get like plus one ten to like plus one seventy five. Yeah, I'll go further than that. But like if I can get like a wider net on a guy, yeah, that I feel really good about at plus money. Like I'm not looking. I understand like when I make all these bets, I'm not. I'm. I hope to win all of them, but I you know I'm just really looking to win like. You know, 60% of them, I'll just win money for the week, you know, win my yes. outrights back if I don't hit. So um, that's a one I like. So that's a wide net for Keith Mitchell. A lot of room for error in case maybe he falters on Sunday over the weekend. 
Um, so top 30 on him, plus 115. And then a couple top 40 bets. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, plus 110 for a top 40. Again, I just said I like him in Florida. I like him in winning conditions. He played real, well Riviera. Uh, I think he can keep it rolling. And then Gary Woodland plus 125 for a top 40. I don't love that price, but um, he's played really well at Riviera. Been hitting a great tee to green. Awesome history at this event in Florida. It seems like that, you know around this time last year, he kind of got it rolling. So at the Honda Classic, it was T5. Then he finished fifth at Bay Hill. Cut the players, but I'm just going to assume he was on the bad wave. I'm not even bad wave. Play. Even if he was, it doesn't matter. Exactly. We yeah. use bad wave. But then bad he had wave. T21 at Valspar, T8 at Valero. So it seemed like when he started getting going in Florida or around this time, he started getting it going. I think he can continue again. Uh, so again, a wide margin for him at plus money for Gary Woodland, who I think, you know, just T to green can handle himself here, can handle himself in, with the win in adverse conditions. Those are my positionals. And then I left enough. Like usually I like doing like seven, eight, nine positionals. I have room after Friday where I can start adding some stuff for guys that kind of limped into um, the weekend, maybe make a little bit of a run on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Like it. Yeah, so the, I, I'm mostly like Joe, as far as like the two to one, unless I can get like a juicy number on um, like a, a heavy favorite. And man, that is, that has been really sweating me the last two weeks. And, and so I, I'm going to back off that a little bit this week. And, and my place has no dead heat either. So that really helps. Um, <laughs> but I went, I got Mitchell at top 20 at plus 195. Um, I got uh, Haddon at plus 145. Keegan plus two twenty seven for whatever reason. Got to get that extra point two in, I guess, Mister Bookie. Uh, and uh, then Fleetwood at plus two thirty five. I was looking real hard uh, at Morikawa minus one fifteen and Homa at plus one hundred five for top twenties yeah. too. I think I'll, I'll probably end up pulling the trigger on that. That might be on my final CAD. Who knows? Because I'm a degenerate and I have no fucking self discipline. So uh, yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> exactly. <so. laughs> All right, Joe. You got any closing thoughts on uh, Bay Hill and this? Oh week wait, t- wait. Time out. Time out. We need to talk about first round leaders. Oh, you do any apologies. first round leaders this week, Joe? No, I don't do first round leaders. You know this, bro. Why can't I know? Why can't I get you on board? This is no, it's it's such a good sweat, dude. Listen, pick five guys, throw fucking twenty bucks on them. You spent a hundred dollars on worse for a great sweat on a Thursday. I could I sweat it anyways. I, I sweat my matchups. I sweat the outright. So I still feel the sweat. It just carries over. And I don't feel like if I hit something, everyone's dis everyone ends up disappointed. Even when you hit a first round leader, you're pissed because it got chopped three ways. So there's like it very rarely I feel like pans out and you mostly have to unless you're gonna take a top guy like Rory twenty to one or something where you get a flip on the odds, you usually yeah, let, get let worse. me let me let me tell let me tell you on that then. All right. So Rory, back to back first round leaders here. Back to back. Here? Can you do it here? Back oh, shoot. To back. I didn't know that. Yep. Back to back first round leader. You can get him at 22 to 1. So he's gonna make go for the top of Mansky. Back to back to back. Back to back. <laughs> let's go. You gotta, you gotta right, throw 20 go. bucks on it. You already bet him, you already bet him 10 to 1. You gotta throw 20 bucks on for the first round leader to join us on the Thursday sweat. Come on, man. Fear pressure. Fear bucks. pressure. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. That's what I do best. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to see if you, you want to see if you would join. Um, you know who I am excited to see. We didn't talk about you guys know about this dude, uh, uh, Ludwig Aberg. Yes. No, no shot. Yeah, yeah. the really um, highly talented amateur from uh, from what Sweden, right? From Sweden, but yes. he plays at Texas Tech. He's yep. won like oh, three, I have heard of him. He's won like three events this year. Uh, Probably, I would say, playing there in Lubbock, pretty good in the wind. It's making like his <laughs> debut in here. I was just looking at like a top. He's number one ranked amateur in the world. Um, 
his top 40 price is like plus 350. So I don't know, yeah. maybe just a fun sweat. I, I like to have a little sweat on these new guys. Like I took uh cootie last week, top 40, just, just so that I can kind of follow them. Um, it's totally right. degenerate thing to do, but at least I have them favorited and I kind of follow their rounds. And I feel like I'm at least, even though losing a bet, like getting a little intel for the future. Yeah. You know, all this is turning into for you is the next Adam Svensson. You're going to bet him for fucking six years before bet he him pays forever, off. Maybe. <laughs> so, so, me, so wait, time out. So there's a new Texas amateur golfer because who was the dude who, uh, who was going to do our podcast and then just bailed? Oh, Sam Bennett. Yeah. So fuck Sam Bennett. Let's root for Ludwig. Oh, the so, Sam Bennett, the guy, the, uh, the guy who takes real long for, time. Yeah. It takes for fucking real long. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, exactly. He yeah. I got his number, but he goes to this. So, so, so a couple of nuggets on Ludwig, and this is probably going to make Capper spend way too much money on him. Uh, so I think he was either first round leader or almost first round leader at the Abu Dhabi HSBC. Yeah, what? he was. What? Yeah. As an amateur? 65, yeah, opening amateur. round. Yep. And then, so the PA Tour, credit to them, by the way, because the PGA Tour has been putting out some kind of bad stuff on YouTube. Like, they're trying to compete with the DP World Tour, and they just can't hold the candle. They can't. But they featured Ludwig, uh, basically, like, what it's like to golf in Sweden during the snow. So he's out there in, like, like hoodie and, like, a a ski mask. He's hitting uh, bunker shots out of, like, three inches of snow, basically, to kind of simulate that. He's hitting drivers there. Uh, so basically, like they all pack into this like gymnasium. They're just hitting balls and nets. They're just looking for like little points just to hit at. I I love that dude. I might actually right, what, have to do like a top four. You just what's his last name? Bro. God damn it! What's uh, his last name? Uh, Aberg. A B E R G. Dude, he just won last week. I'm looking at a tweet, February twenty second, twenty twenty three. Um, Aberg wins his third consecutive event in a college tournament for Texas. <laughs> Number one am in the world, uh, special one, the first ever to win back to back to back. I Coming in, fucking high. hate both of you. I hate both <laughs> of you so much. You have no idea how much I hate you. It takes one earworm for me to be like, oh, let's go start following this guy around. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. My bank account hates you. <laughs> All right, all right, Joe. Any other clothing thoughts before we get you out of here? No, thanks for having me on, guys. Always, uh, always a blast. You know, I love always. you guys. Um, keep up the great work. And, and anyone who wants to check me out, it's at Tour Picks on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on Monday nights. It's called Preferred Lines. Um, very similar to this, the golf gambling podcast. But um, always a joy to talk to you, fellas. Uh, wish you guys the best of luck this week. Yeah, with with, with your podcast, you really upped the production game with with uh, your podcast. Thanks, dude. The intro is awesome. Uh, the graphics and everything. You're, you're doing a killer job over oh. there. So nicely done. I actually meant I meant to ask you this. So today's price is not tomorrow's price. Uh, that is that. What's that from? Is that from the wire? Yes, I think I it's from it. the wire, but it yes. was sampled. Okay. It's sampled from a um, a Pusha T song. T, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. But I remember it from the wire. It's from the like, wire. He, yeah. I was like, is he fucking taking it? Because I love the fucking wire. That's a great goddamn show. Yeah. 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 So uh, good anyway, stuff. I wanted to clarify that make sure I wasn't crazy. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Go follow fucking Joe on Twitter. Listen to his podcast. Um, I always got great guests on and uh, he does a great final segment that I personally enjoy. Yes, I always tell Joe uh, I want to hire him as my fucking life coach. Um, he puts <laughs> you in perspective at at the end. Uh, yeah, seriously, it's a, it's a really good listen. Uh, you can uh, you, you can stream it live on Twitter, but we're on at the same time, so just go download it anyway for him. Uh, yeah. But um, other than that, uh, API man, uh, we're ready to go. Let's fucking go. Let's break them fucking books. <laughs> <laughs>